Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited to get a little woo with my friend, Myla Snow, today. She is here on the podcast to tell us all about how you can really take what's holding you back from behind the chair, achieving the success that you're hoping to, and really building a career that feels as good as it looks by addressing the things that are really holding you back. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. We are in this weird cusp generation, right? Because all this like consciousness and awakening and all of these things like are almost like new. It's almost like we're learning that we can prioritize what we want and we're doing all this. And I love that for Gen Z, you're seeing people who are like 22 have it all figured out because they've listened to themselves their whole lives. But I think we're going, we, my generation and me particularly, we're going through this almost like awakening and transition. And so it's really interesting to see my son who is growing up and he doesn't have these limiting beliefs yet. And I'm like, how do we stop them 
from performing. Yeah. I do think it's interesting when you zoom out just like from a societal perspective of how much of what you think you want is actually your desire, not what you think you should do and not what you think you should have. Because I remember five years ago being like, I should open a salon. And just after actually, because I I wanted something new. I wanted something different. And it never felt right for me because I'm a little bit of a wanderer. And the idea of being locked into a 10-year lease, I was like, I could never. That was the deal breaker for me. And yeah, I just, I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I just, I really do want to explore this. And I want everyone that's listening to think about that. What do you want? Yeah, I'm all here for your tangent because it was so good, honestly, because it's so true. It's like all the things that I had been thinking about, too, Mm -hmm. because we are we're always told as a hairstylist, you get your certification, you get your license, you go and you assist or you just dive in and start taking clients. And then your only options after that are to own a salon or become an educator. 100%. And there's so much more to life than just those steps. Not everyone is built to be a salon owner. Not everyone is built to be an educator. And there is nothing wrong with that. How boring would that be if that was our only option? Absolutely. And I think, too, that's why it's so important to show examples. And something that I'm really passionate about is showcasing so many different paths because I know like I felt the need to I felt the desire to educate since I graduated like I've always felt like that was part of my path but again it was like the brand educator route never felt in alignment for me and so I chose to teach but I had a lot of like assistance that I would like really pour into and develop and all of these things throughout my career in various places and so that was it's interesting because like you said it was like there was either or And now, even just me, I have taught, like I've done demos for brands. I've been a sales rep. I'm now the owner of a really successful marketing agency and speak at events and do all these things. And I didn't even know that any of this stuff was an option when I was in hair school or even like for years after I was in hair school. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like you don't even know that there's so many other options. You don't even need to stay in this space for what your what's next. You can go into real estate. You can go into just having some other passion project, some other side business that fulfills you and hopefully brings you some sort of income if that's what you're looking for. And not every what's next needs to be an income generator either. That's so true. Yeah. And I think it's like this whole concept of like lived experience, right? That's like a huge part of it. Cause like we think about, and I've talked about, I think I actually talked about this on an episode with Chris Suleme and we were talking about how we, like I said, credit all of the things that we've checked off that like societally we've done, but we discount like all of the skills we develop in our lives like behind the chair like your communication skills your Mm -hmm. the way you have to organize your time like all of these things are also skills that apply when you market yourself like my that's exactly how I got started was marketing myself as a business owner before Mm -hmm. I transitioned into like full-time marketing of my career and got all the trainings and all those things to back it up so I do think it's very interesting and I the question it brings up for me is 
I think I, it's safe to say that you and I have both done a lot of work, like yes. self-work, reflective work, breaking down what was dictated to us, which can be messy and hard and difficult. And so with that being said, for anyone who's listening, because these sound, because I know I've even said to some of my friends, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. And I literally, I remember when I first, before we started hosted our first retreat, I told someone, oh yeah, like we're hosting our retreat. And they're like, you're never going to sell that. And I was like, it's already half sold out. <laughs> they're like, what? I was like, yeah, it, it half sold out in 24 hours. They're like, what? <laughs> That's not a thing. So I share that because we're only possible of seeing through our own perspective and through our own lens, unless we're very conscious about it. And so if you're someone who's listening right now and you're thinking like, all oh, this sounds really nice, but that's totally pie in the sky for me. What do you think is the thing that's holding so many of us back from like really getting clear? Because I know this is something you come up against a lot in your work with stylists. The actual specific things that are holding people back are can be so broad mm -hmm. but what it really comes down to is those first seven years of your life and what was happening mm -hmm. in those first seven years of your life because your mind is like a sponge and you're taking in everything around you and because you don't have those the logical skills to understand the backstory the context all those things you're taking everything into your mind as truth. So every little thing that your parents told you or your caregivers told you or that your siblings, the people that you're around told you, life events that happened during that time, you're taking it into your brain as truth and it's creating all of your values. Your entire belief system is locked in by the time you're seven years old. Wow. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Wow. Like people don't realize that. And like when I learned that, I was just like, oh, so much more makes sense now. Yeah. Like think about any big life events that happened, any even like the littlest things mm -hmm. that you were told during that time, because you don't have the logic, yeah. then you don't have the same reasoning skills. Then you just like, this is true. Right. And even now, because we're in our 30s, right, we don't go back to, oh, yeah, I have this limiting belief because when I was five, yeah. I was told this. You don't see those things and why you've been operating the way that you do because you just get so into everyday life. Right. And it all goes back to that time. Wow. I can't even remember. I remember a few things that I, I remember I moved continents twice by the time I was seven, for example. Right. I know things happened, but looking back, I'm like, how do you even begin to unpack that or work through that if it all happened pretty much out of your conscious memory? And that's what it is. You have to tap into your unconscious mind right. to see what it is that you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. A way that you can do that on your own It'll take you a lot longer, but you can figure this stuff out on your own. Just journal the mm -hmm. first things that are coming to your mind. Yeah. Just write it all out and it will all become clear eventually. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to really focus in on it and be super intentional about what you're writing, you're not going to figure it out. 
Right. You just have to let whatever come to you mm -hmm. while you're writing and it'll show up. All of your crap will come up eventually mm -hmm. if you just allow yourself to brag. So do you have a prompt you could share with my listeners? Something that they can like, what's like a journal prompt that you can use if you wanted to go that route? Yeah, you could, I think like one of the most powerful ones that you could put is, why do I not have what I want? Ooh. Do the same journal prompt for seven days. Don't look at what you said the day before. Yes. Just keep on going every single day. Why don't I have what I want? Ooh, I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think this is something that everyone can, because as humans, naturally, we're always like striving, right? We're always, and I, contentment is a thing. And I would consider myself someone who is very content, but also someone who is very much always wanting to like work towards whatever's next. So right. it could be no matter where you're at on your journey, that could be a really powerful one. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it'll be really uncomfortable. But if you can power through it, you will figure out some really deep stuff and you'll figure out things that are absolutely empowering about what you can have in your life and how strong you are for all the things that you've been through because we've all been through crap, right? <laughs> and it'll show you exactly what you want. It can probably, like, depending on how deep you allowed yourself to go, what you need to work on and give you your action steps for that. what needs to be done. I love that. So if you're someone who, like, struggles, is this something that you work through with styles, like, when you're working with them? Yeah. So when I first start working with a client, we start with the heavy stuff. We start with the uncomfortable stuff because you're not going to have what you want in your career if you're allowing all of that heavy stuff, all of that baggage to take over. Yeah. There's so many things like even it's something as simple as, oh, I'm not good at social media. Yeah. It's something deeper. Right. It goes back to something way deeper. Yeah. All of our little things that we tell ourselves, all that surfle, surface level stuff goes back to something much deeper. It can just be like the simplest surface level problem that you're telling yourself, like I'm not good at social media or I don't even know. It can be the simplest things that will really go back to a core limiting belief that you have that needs to be addressed, that needs to be unpacked and healed. And then it's going to open up everything for you. I'll even share one of mine. One of mine I would love to have was I'm not good with money. So that used to come because I literally, I, granted, I wasn't good. <laughs> In my early 20s, I was like the consummate like shopaholic and definitely had to like work through some things after that. But that used to be one of mine. And so I found that when I started like running a business and being really successful, I was scared of making good money because I was like, I won't be able to handle it when I do. And so that was one of the biggest things that I had to work through in order to have the business that I wanted and in order to feel like not feel fear about success. And it sounds so weird, but that was something that really 
held me back for a very long time. And it was literally that one belief. Mm. And it trickles into everything and we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, this is just one thing. Like, I'll deal with it later. Yeah. We don't realize how it's affecting every other part of our lives. Yeah. 100%. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, it really is. And so when this is the hard part, right? This is the uncomfortable part because I think so often, and I tried to do this for sure, would do all the positive things. But I didn't want to address deeper problems initially. And there's other, that was like one limiting belief. I think we all have one, more than one. But I think that's the hard part sometimes is to actually get started. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think the other thing to consider is obviously if you're looking, if you're listening to this and it's resonating, like there's a certain discomfort with not addressing it as well. And that stuckness and that difficulty like that can be so much more pervasive long term than just getting uncomfortable and dealing with whatever is holding you back it's so true like just waiting to yeah. deal with it later is going to cause more problems over time yeah. than just addressing it when it comes up Absolutely. and I'm very much a person that's if something comes up address it then and there don't go looking. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they think, okay, I worked on this one limiting belief on this one piece of baggage that I needed to heal. And then they're just like, what's next? And it's live your life. Yeah. First of all, enjoy the fact that you got rid of something that was keeping you in a stuck state and wait for something else to come up. And it'll show you when it's the right time. When yeah. it's the right time for that to be addressed, it will come up. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> but wait for it to happen. You don't need to continue to dig and dig and pull and pull and burn yourself out. Yeah. Like, burn yourself out with personal growth just as much as you can in your career. 100%. And I've seen that. I've watched it. I've watched seemingly endless healing journeys that like really freaked me out, actually. And I was like, I don't even want to like, I don't even want to like, take out the first brick because if the wall crumbles and that's what it looks like oh no thank you i need to live <laughs> yeah exactly i think that maybe is something that holds people back so i'm really glad you said that because i know that was something that for me and this i've been on my personal growth journey for a while now and it, it's very much something that comes in seasons because i feel like yeah you like it's like layers right and like also new levels that you achieve are going to trigger different things that you then have to deal with so I do think it's like really interesting and important for that you said it will come up. It will show you. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so are there. OK, so switching gears a little bit into mm -hmm. the practices that you advocate for and that you recommend. Obviously, we know that there's the, I like that word baggage because I think that's quite relatable for people. I think sometimes limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff. If you're not in the. If you haven't maybe started like your personal development journey or like you're in the infancy, you're just, I want something to change, but I don't know what. I feel like we all can relate to emotional baggage and that kind of stuff. We've all had that. What are like, do you have any strategies or any practices that you recommend for people to start like hearing for themselves mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, like all of those things? Yes. Creating a morning routine. Mm. 
mm-hmm. is like the biggest thing that you can do for yourself, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you're needing, creating a effective morning routine that makes sense to you and to your lifestyle is the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself. And it looks different for everyone. I feel like there's so many people who are just like, oh, yes, you need to do these 10 things to get yourself ready in the morning. And that's all it can be. And that's not attainable. No, it's so funny because like how many of us have started morning routines that were like 85 steps and then we're like, hey, now I'm late for work and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And now I just really feel more stressed out and I'm hungry. So that's because what's the point? Morning routines are terrible. You know what I mean? So I love that you said like figuring out what works for you. Would you mind sharing your morning routine? I'd be very interested to hear. Yeah. So what I do, I'm crazy. I wake up at 4.30 every day. I get up at five, so I feel you. I love them. <laughs> yes. I get up at 4.30 and I listen to a guided meditation before I even get out of bed. I have my my headphones right next to my bed and I have like my app pulled up on my phone. So the only thing that I'm looking at on my phone when I first wake up is that Nothing else. So I do that. I do a guided meditation, typically a 20 to 30 minute meditation. And then I get up. I do a little skincare and I make my coffee. And then I, I, sorry, I brain farted for a second there. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? I don't even know. I write in my journal. On Mondays, I also do a card pull mm-hmm. for my focus for the week. And after that, I will just like sit in the quiet before my kid wakes up and before the chaos starts. And then I take my dog out. And when I take my dog out, like I bring my coffee with me and I just stand outside and just breathe in the early morning air and the quietness of the morning. Love that. And then I get my day started. It's wonderful. I love that. And that's so simple and beautiful. I think that's, and that's the important thing is that like everyone. So let me ask you this. Like, how did you decide your morning routine? Because I think there's so many people telling you what you should be doing, what you shouldn't do, all of these things. Like what for you was the thing that like showed you what you needed in the morning? Because I feel like we're probably all a little bit different. For sure. We're all definitely different. And for me, um, I I tried a million different things and they all did not work out. I have tried to do a morning routine for years and nothing ever stuck. And with all of that trial and error, I just realized what actually felt good to me and what made me feel ready for the day, what made me feel centered and grounded. And I went from there. It was a lot of trial and error, honestly, is like what it comes down to of does this feel good? Does this feel right? And listening to your intuition. So listening to like your gut, like actually your stomach area yeah, of what feels good to you right? and going from there. Yeah, I love that. I may have to, I'll be honest, I've had varying success with maintaining a morning routine and I'm an early riser as well. And so for a while, I was like so good about my journal and all this. And then what I actually found was interesting is I love, and this is going to sound probably a little crazy to a lot of people, but I love 
like opening my eyes, like going, getting my coffee with a frothy cream, which is like my frothy like oat milk cream is my like morning must have. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I literally get on my laptop and I start working. But like creative work because I am so much more creative before I have anything else to think about. And what I found was that having a super long morning routine, like I actually switched it to when I drop off my son from school. So I do have a morning routine, but it's not it's not like necessarily I think mine's a little different. And I keep going back and forth on whether or not I should try to reinstate something a little more zen in the morning because I do guided meditations before bed. And so it's just one of those things where I'm like, because we hear so much about morning routines, I'm like, should I be doing this differently? What are your thoughts on that? I'm interested to hear. Do what works for you. Mm, If after your kiddo goes to school is a time where you feel like you can just sit and breathe for a second, that is exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, I totally get that. I don't have the my son's just not old enough to go to school yet. Of course, to yeah. be like, okay, I have some quiet time. Don't have that there yet. Is no quiet time when they're. <laughs> um, but morning routine does not necessarily mean right when you wake up. Right. It can definitely mean later, and it makes sense. I am the most creative in the morning too. I get the majority of my writing done first thing in the morning when I have that like on my schedule to do. I need to do it before I look at anything else. Yeah. Because the minute that you look at your emails or like who needs to get in for an appointment or whatever it is for work, that's going to just distract you. So I have to do my writing before then too, if I'm doing any sort of like content creation or email batching or something like that, for sure. But yeah, it all comes down to what feels right for you and you shouldn't do anything different just because of what society's telling you to do. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. So someone's listening and they're like, okay, Marla, but I like actually like where do I start? I don't even know what where I should start thinking about this stuff. So I can't listen to my intuition yet. Where if you're someone who's like literally never had a morning routine ever, like where do you recommend that they start? So I actually have a workbook for this. It's pretty short, like it tells you why. What like actually is important about a morning routine and why you should have one. And it helps you work through what makes sense for you. And it has a whole bunch of ideas too. Within every single category of grounding, of productivity, of personal development, it has a whole bunch of options for what you can do to give you ideas of where to get started. And then it also helps you learn how to actually make it happen and tried and true method on actually making it a habit thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the hairstylist rising podcast if you haven't already make sure you like subscribe and leave us a review be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode and if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking what you'd like to see on the podcast or just share your favorite episode Send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.